Welcome to the Scuff Podcast, where we talk about U.S. soccer. The U.S. women have exited the World Cup thanks to a loss on penalties to Sweden early Sunday morning on the eastern seaboard. Greg, good day to you, sir. Good day, Bells. The party is over. Uh, Look onward to Paris 2024. Yes. So many things to talk about here. Where do we start? What what do you say? Like, uh, the party's over. World Cup. Like, you you spend all that time looking looking forward to it, and then... And then you know you are looking at the cruelty of knockout soccer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think with this team in particular, you also, at least we, felt that there was certainly not the inevitability uh, that, that seemed to follow the team in 2019, where uh, even, even if they were playing close games, it just felt like, no, they, they have this in them. And with this team, it didn't feel that way. Uh, and it didn't feel like that, that for us even before the group stage performances, which, um, <laughs> again, the, the narratives that you're going to have following uh, it's, it's almost going to flip. Like after the group stage, it's almost like the, the idea was that it was inevitable that we would lose. And some people probably even thought that it was inevitable that we would lose this game straight away to Sweden. Um, mm-hmm. And I just, I don't really buy that. I don't, I don't think in any way it was an inevitable that we would lose in the World Cup. Like we could have gone through uh, four knockout games and won the thing. Um, but it was never, it was never like certain. And, and you know, when, when we were talking about even the Portugal game, it's like, well, you, Bells, you were having like an exchange on Twitter during Spain versus Japan uh, about how good those teams looked and how scary they would be to play. And, you know, and, and there was sort of that old line about like, well, we shouldn't be scared of anybody. And, and my thought at that point was like, I'm scared of everybody. Like any, <laughs> any of these teams left can beat the U.S. in a, in a 90-minute soccer game. And uh, I mean, that's just kind of how it felt. Like it felt like there was, there was uh, we were a good team. We were in it against anybody, but there was nothing about us that was going to like certainly win four games no yeah i think the the thing that's i don't know exactly how to feel about it but what's so odd about our exit is it was our best game of the tournament and uh for us to to go out in such an odd way you know like uh megan rapino and sophia smith missing penalties and you know that last penalty just just going over by like a millimeter or something I mean, we were, the XG doesn't, I don't think the XG really tells a story in this case. And, you know, that's easy for me to say. I can just sort of pick and choose when I like to use the XG, <laughs> but it did seem you should, like. You should always be able to do that in, for any, for any single game. Uh, sure. Contest. Like you got game state, you got, you know, a model that's, that's always trying to approximate things. But when you're just looking at one game and have the luxury of being like, well, let's, let's Zapruder or every single chance. Was it that good of a chance? Was it not? Uh, which is kind of our thing. You know, we th- I feel like we thoroughly dominated Sweden in the game and um, maybe, didn't, maybe didn't get as many clear-cut chances as we would have liked in the final third, but the, the, we, were, we controlled that game. They had two half chances and then a pretty good chance in the 85th minute, 84th minute. Other than that, nothing, really. So it's, uh, it, it, I was so frustrated with the way we were playing in the group stage, particularly after that Portugal game, which was just nails on chalkboard to watch. <laughs> and then, you know, I, I was quite pleased, relatively speaking, with how we played against Sweden, and then we lost. So it's all very confusing to me. Yeah, I mean, it's not that confusing. It's just, I don't know, I don't know what the, I don't know what the big takeaway is from that turn of events. It's kind of like, like you said, knockouts, soccer can be cruel. We, we did play our best game and then we got knocked out anyway. So 
that's sports. It's it's a confusing. I think it's a confusing tournament for those kinds of narratives because in all three of the competitive games, I mean, with respect to Vietnam, that game was never competitive, nor was it going to be. Uh, we didn't allow chances hardly at all. So it wasn't just like in this game where it was half chances, even in the really ugly games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, I'm saying ugly as an aesthetic viewing sense. Uh, no one was no one was getting chances on us. Listen, Air had one save in the tournament. Is that right? <laughs> I think that's right. Uh, I think there were two shots on target. Okay. Yeah. All right. So. Two shots on target. Uh, I'm not sure. Was, oh wait, because sh- yeah, because one would be the goal against the <laughs> goal scored. The Netherlands scored. Yeah, and then Nair made the save. I, is that tr- is that true? That's yeah, the only it's save wild. She made. That's what I'm saying. That is, I mean, in the shootout, she got that awesome penalty. Yeah, but yeah. That, that's incredible, right? Like, uh, what a, a weird stat to have for a team that gets knocked out in the round of 16 with uh, a ton of talent to give up two shots total on goal. One of them goes in for a goal, and we are out of the tournament. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's everything about this tournament is confusing and frustrating, and it just doesn't feel like it should be over. And we are here. We are out of the out of the party. Yeah. American soccer analysis, Elliot McKinley from American soccer analysis ran some simulations. And I know some of you are going to say, Oh, this is just the opiate of the nerds, you know, <laughs> like, uh, you, you guys love your simulations. Um, but I don't know. He ran how many simulations, 250,000 simulations of the USA's 85 shots taken at the 2023 world cup. And, um, only in 1.8% of those did we only score four goals. So, you know, more is much more likely that we score like eight or 10 or 12 goals in those four games. So, you know, we got a little bit on the, on the bad side of variance, but there's also these like fundamental problems, which you have, you and I have been discussing for a year with the way we play. Those were not, that was not solved against Sweden, you know? There's no, no, there's no, there's no comfort there. <laughs> no comfort there. And, and really like, again, we, it, it felt like a choice from Vlatko in those, in those early games to prioritize defense. Like we were going conservative and not even just with how many bodies we'd send forward, but how far up we'd send, send our players, uh, even when we're defending. And, and I think that might be kind of, for me, the, the under the radar story for this team and our lack of goals was we, you know, all through the cycle leading up to this, uh, we struggled in possession. We struggled to create chances in possession. That was uh, obvious to anybody watching. Um, but one thing we did really well that we were harping on forever was we were really good at creating chances in transition, creating turnovers high up the field, and then running at teams with elite attacking players. And we didn't do that very much in this tournament. We, we did it every once in a while. But it was not like a fundamental part of the way we were playing. We weren't we weren't playing uh, a super aggressive, uh, not not quite murder ball, but kind of murder ball, mm-hmm. high, high field, like uh, high up the field trap uh, and press that wasn't there. We sat a little deeper, our line of confrontation. We hugged. We sat back a little bit um, out, like we had Alex Morgan kind of shadowing players in this game. Morgan and Haran both kind of set, stepped up to just kind of shadow Sweden. But it wasn't in any way through the tournament like an all out create high turnovers and run at them uh, situation. And so for me, that's, that's like the one good thing we were, uh, the one thing we were really strong at leading up to the World Cup right. uh, for creating chances. And we actually leaned away from it. You know, we kind of talked about, well, can we just lean all the way into this and sort of give up on the possession idea? It's not going to happen. We're not going to be Japan. But can we lean into this press and go really go for it? 
And we did the opposite. We sat, we sat off a little bit more uh, and really cut down on the number of those transition moments that could have led to our players in their most comfortable attacking mode. Right. And maybe the, the you know, the prime player for us at, at uh, getting the ball in transition and running at the opponent is Mallory Swanson. She's just a killer in that way. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe not having her just help like naturally forced us to lean away from, it. I don't know. Probably not, but I mean, that's fair. That's possible. And, and again, the other thing is if there's a, tra- there are all, always trade-offs in these tactical decisions. And if the trade-off was again, an absolutely iron, uh, steel curtain of a defense, um, that, that particular trade-off worked, right? Like we just gave up nothing. Uh, so it's, it's tough. There are, there are always those trade-offs. I mean, the defensive soundness of the team, and I think the, you know, in, aggr- in the aggregate amount of chances we created, I don't think there's, I have that big of a problem with Flacco saying like, hey, we're just going to play really good defense and, and we're going to trust our playmakers to make things happen in the final third. I don't think that's a terrible plan if you haven't, if you haven't spent the last three, four years building a coherent uh, sort of coordinated attack and we haven't. So here we are. I don't know. I just want to quickly say on the sort of the disc, I know there's been a lot of people yelling at the women's national team players on social media in the past few days. And I, I don't, we don't need to get into that. Uh, but I would say just like, if just let's stop talking about it, you know, the, the don't elevate it. If you don't want to, if you don't like it. Yeah. It's like been- most of what I see is people who disagree with those people, like quote tweeting them, you know? So, I mean, can we, can we stop? Right. The, the, the model for, for some of those uh, instigators is to, is to drive that engagement like it's, it's right. what they want. Uh, yeah, definitely elevate the, the, like the stuff that you, know, that you saw the Sweden players talking about the U.S. Yeah. And, and I think on the women's side there very much is that solidarity uh, from the players because everyone knows that the, you know, aside from the actual competitive aspect, there is this you know, energy to actually continue to build and grow the game and, and sort of fight for... Uh, what they deserve uh, to be able to play in this game. And, and obviously the U S women have played a large role in that fight. Um, so there's that sort of thing too. It's like, yeah, we just beat them in the game, but we're not here to like stomp on the, on the grave. Like we're going to continue to build up the, all of the women who are playing. Yeah. And then, you know, just taking the U S out of it, the, uh, I know Chloe Kelly after the penalties with Nigeria, she was over consoling the goalkeeper. And, um, you know, there's a lot of examples of that solidarity, which is pretty cool. Um, let's do the lineups. You think? Let's get into it. <laughs> okay. It was, uh, for the USA, it was a Nair in goal, Fox, Ertz, Germa, and Dunn across the back. The big, the big wrinkle, the big surprise from Vlaco was starting Emily Sonnet in midfield, uh, in a double pivot with Andy Sullivan. And then Lindsay Horan was the sort of free 10 in front of them. And I thought it worked pretty well. So it did, uh, in, in a sense, right? <laughs> like, so I'm going to be really measured on this stuff because, um, again, the aesthetics here are that we looked so much better than we did in the other games. We looked like we could actually connect some things, which we were mm-hmm. not doing against Portugal or really the Netherlands either. Uh, but there's, a, there's some fool's gold in that because the Netherlands and Portugal both came up and played against us. Like, they both wanted to come up and make our lives difficult when we had the ball. and they were very successful doing that. We had no answers for them doing that. Sweden were not trying to do that. 
So there, it's going to be hard to, to separate how much of this was our structure and how much of this was Sweden just being like, we don't really care to have the ball. That's, we're not a high-pressing team. Uh, we're not like going to try to dominate you in the midfield. Uh, even our defensive shape isn't set up the way. Like Portugal's defensive shape was that diamond where they had two up high on our two center backs and one up high on our one six. Um, so switching to this, uh, to like a four, two, three, one in that game could have made a huge difference. Switching to it in this game against Sweden, probably not as drastic of an actual difference in how the game plays out. Okay. So you think no matter what we did in the midfield, we would have had those big, those big, uh, spaces for Sullivan and Sonnet to turn and swing it over to Haran and then for her to swing it over to Rodman. I, I mean, I think we could have found pass through Sweden. Yeah. I don't think there was anything about them that was going to be like we are going to make you uncomfortable when you're possessing in the back, the way we were so uncomfortable in our two real group stage games. Boy, how catastrophic was Sweden then? I mean, like, they... Catastrophic is obviously hyperbole, <laughs> but, but, like, what was their idea? Because uh, we were just slicing through their midfield in that way, you know, from left to right, usually. And well, then... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, well, but then it'd be like Rodman one-on-one with, uh, with Anderson who she cooked several times and probably, you know, on another day could have scored two goals. And I don't understand why Sweden thought that would be okay. Well, it took us a long time to get there. Uh, we didn't do it very well in the early, in the early part of this game. Um, and I mean, I don't know that they have an answer. Like uh, when we, the, the discord was doing a rewatch of, of Sweden uh, the night before the game and like identified instantly that Anderson was a, massive weak link in their 1v1 defending or just in their defensive shape uh so i I don't know i don't know what their answer is like they would have had to have changed eventually i think or just shaded more help over to that side um but i don't think we exploited it as often as we should have early on and by the time we started doing it more often um i don't know if they were just okay to roll with it but but generally their their position was just to sit in their mid block um hold on until until we sort of gave the ball away elsewhere on the field or you know had a cross go go nowhere and then they weren't really a possession team either like they're not a team that was going to try to play through their midfield they're going to try to play around the outside of the amoeba and then loop it into their like high altitude foreheads Mm -hmm. uh in front of the box and hopefully win a couple of set pieces um they have they have almost no build up through this whole tournament not just uh not just in against us in our fantastic midfield adjustment that we made like you know you can look at any of their pass maps for any of their group stage games they just go around that midfield and then you can see the horizontal lines for the players up high just trying to hit it across for somebody to get on the end of okay all right well um sweden's lineup was uh zachira musevich in goal who had a pretty good game i'd say uh natalie bjorn uh amanda illestead the really tall center back Magdalena Eriksson and Jonna Anderson, the aforementioned left back, across the back. And then Philippa Engeldahl and Elin Rubinson in the double pivot. Johanna Riddig-Kanerid and uh, Kosovare Aslani and Fridolina Rolfo across the band of three in a 4-2-3-1. And then Stina Blackstenius uh, at striker, who plays at Arsenal, I guess. I didn't think anybody of any of them was particularly impressive. Um... I don't know. They're the third ranked team in the world, but they didn't, they didn't look that great to me. They just, they just know who they are. I don't know if there's another way to say it. Like, I don't, I don't think they were great either. And and again, uh, I'm curious to see how, what Japan will do to see if they can really target, uh, that left back or if Sweden switched to a back three and try to give, uh, Anderson, Anderson a little more help. Um, but also 
as much as I think like they should be outmatched and they don't do anything like they aren't great at anything. Uh, they're really long and they know what they want to do and they want to get set pieces. And uh, it will be, I would be very curious to see if they can successfully do that against Japan because it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. Soccer is a crazy game. Um, we've, we've talked a little bit about the XG. It was 1.29 XG. This is according to Opta 1.29 XG on the game for the U S 0.81 for Sweden. Um, we'll get into that. I, it seems like Sweden's chances were getting more XG than the U S's chances, <laughs> but, uh, you know, whatever to the timeline. First thing I clock is, uh, crystal done slipping. And it's, it's something that happened like three or four times in the game. Uh, it didn't, didn't ever really hurt us, but it was, why does she keep slipping? She kept slipping. Uh, and Sophia Smith slipped a couple times too. Something with the, uh, something with the cleats, maybe. <laughs> Greg's just like, <laughs> pass. Uh, two, two, at the 240 mark, a good ball from Gurma. Uh, so we were playing, as you all know, Gurma was the one distributing from the back. And oftentimes she was stepping forward and hitting a left-footed ball diagonally at Alex Morgan's head. This one went over the back line. And it looked to me in real time and on the replay that if Trinity Rodman reads a little better, she could run onto it. She doesn't really read it. And it trickles out of bounds. But yes, this, was definitely, this is definitely going to be the theme, is uh, us working around the back to Gurma. Gurma kind of driving up and not off, as often as I wish she would have, like using that gravity to just free up a, a little five-yard pass into uh, Sonnet or Sullivan. Um, but more often looking, looking for that more direct pass. Mm-hmm. And it, wasn't, it definitely wasn't pretty, but it, uh, you know, we, got, we got a lot of second balls off of it. We, got some, we, got some, we won the ball on the counter press after Sweden uh, took it under control a few times. So, I mean, it was just almost like a punt, you know, you punt it up for up, <laughs> upfield and uh, change the field position equation. Uh, in the fifth minute, uh, a nice little triangle. I was noticing triangles when they happen. Uh, decent from Rodman, Sonnet and Haran to get out of the press, especially from Rodman. And um, Morgan's taking it across the middle the field and she and Dunn just kind of gum it up and we can't press the advantage. I promise I won't have a bunch of tiny little items like this. <laughs> but this, this is a, a notable thing because, again, we, we didn't have any of these moments uh, against Portugal. And nope. the Netherlands, or almost none. So, uh, and this was early on. Sweden were kind of like had that kickoff energy. So they were upfield on top of us here. And we obviously showed a willingness to play through it. And Sonnet is that kind of a player. Like Sonnet wants to play little five and six yard passes. She, she enjoys that. You can like tell that that's something she enjoys doing. Would you call her a Rondo merchant? I, I mean, to be honest, out of, out of our pool, like I for sure would call a Sonnet a Rondo merchant. Like she, okay. wants, she wants to do it. And her and Haran will do it. Uh, like they'll just kind of hang out together, trying to pull it off. So yeah, I'll put Sonnet in the Rondo merchant category. Hey, you know, that reminds me, just going back to the, the lineup, is there a, since you don't think the midfield configuration was really that big of a factor, it would have been this way regardless. Um, is there a, another midfield configuration that you would have preferred? For this game given that Lavelle was out with the yellow card no not really I mean it was it was basically a hat for me uh so I didn't I didn't really have the big reaction I know there was a big reaction of what are we doing it's strange it's obviously a strange thing to bust this out in a world cup knockout match I don't know if Sonnet has ever played defensive midfield for the U.S. uh she can't that I can remember doing so 
Um, a lot of trust for Vlatko to put her in here. I think she stepped into this job well, even if she wasn't like amazing uh, in distribution, she was solid. And it could have been a lot, lot worse, right? Like it could have been a clown shoe situation. Uh, and right. it wasn't. Yeah. Okay. You take the next uh, item on the timeline. Yeah. So speaking of which, right at 530 mark, uh, there's just a uh, aimless clearance from Sweden that goes right to Sonnet's chest, sort of right at the edge of our defensive third. She brings it down and really calmly hits a great uh, ball upfield to Haran's feet in between the lines. And this is where I, I clocked this one as it happened because this was the first time that we had a chance to really isolate Trinity Rodman against uh, Sweden's left back, Anderson, whose name you're going to remember by the end of this. Um, because Haran gets it from, from Sonnet, gets to turn up field with no one around her. Like the pressure is going to be coming from, from her back because we, we bypassed it. And she like looks it off. And she looks it off for a long time. She, she keeps looking downfield uh, for ages and then takes a full swing for like a home run ball to somebody off screen. And it's like punt blocked right off of her foot. It's taken directly off her foot by the retreating defender. And mm. I was like, oh man, like that was, I, I've been waiting this whole game to just see what we do against Sweden's left back. And we had Trinity there to feed it to her. And then uh, it was, it bothered me even more because it happened again, like 30 seconds later. Uh, on the second one, it's a really nice moment uh, from uh, Andy Sullivan, who receives it at the de- in our defensive third with some pressure. When, Haran, when Sonic got it, she was under no pressure to feed Haran. Sullivan, we had to like work for it. So Yeah, that was uh, nice from Andy. Yeah, she's got it with like facing our back line to receive it, and she gets a nice little swivel with light pressure on her back. It wasn't like no one was coming into wrecker, which is, you know, nice. But uh, she swivels enough and hits a great diagonal ball in the air to Haran. Oceans of space. Haran collects it. And again, like, has Trinity 1v1 on the outside, super easy to hit it to her. It's a nothing pass to complete. And we would, we would have the best matchup in the soccer game. And instead, she, like, looks it off and tries to hit Alex Morgan in behind, who's bracketed by two center backs. And it's just super easily cut out. So for me, this was like a red flag that maybe we weren't going to intention. Maybe the whole <laughs> game plan wasn't to intentionally target Anderson with our uh, right winger. Like... And again, this was something I was on so hard that I was like, I would love to see Sophia Smith out there actually uh, on the right, flip them and let Sophia run at this player because Anderson's so, so weak <laughs> in her 1v1 defending that she will eventually just start shading really hard to the end line and giving like, you know, like a basketball defender who's really, or like, you know, is going to take away the, the dribbler's right, right hand. Yeah. Yeah. And just cheating so far over. Um, that we needed somebody who was a little bit more comfortable cutting in with either foot, which would be Alyssa Thompson or Sophia Smith in my mind. Yeah. Anyway, well, the, two, two missed chances to, to isolate old Anderson out there. Okay, I'm glad you clocked that because then it calls into question, like, was this, did we even scout Sweden? I mean, obviously we did, the Discord did, <laughs> but did Vlaco? I, uh, I don't know. Who knows? Know. Uh, but that, that pass that was cut out when Haran looked off trinity and tried to kind of force it into morgan it did kind of get spilled over to rodman and then rodman plays it to morgan uh morgan plays it back to rodman and rodman kind of shoves it across i mean like tries to tries to squeeze it into the box and it trickles over towards smith she's tackled and the weak clearance falls to sullivan at the top of the box who uh has a try and drags her shot wide from outside of the box yeah not a bad look as hopeful looks go no uh, nine, ninth minute, I noticed a really good punch from Alyssa Nayer on a corner kick, and I just want to say I thought we did a good job defending set pieces all night, and Nayer, Nayer correct me if I'm wrong, didn't put a foot wrong. Like, she was pretty good. 
Okay, so I, I don't want to speak ill of a listener because this, first off, uh, I wanted Murphy to start this game specifically because of Sweden's set pieces. Uh, Sweden is so, so long, and Alyssa Nair is not actually that tall of a goalkeeper. I think she's 5'9", Murphy's 6'1", uh, and Murphy plays bigger than Nair. Mm-hmm. Um, so any Sweden set piece, I was like, if they're going to score, this is how they're going to score, uh, had me nervous. And this first one, even though Nair gets to it well, she, she did as well as Alyssa Nair can do on this play. I'm still just like, man, she is barely keeping her head above water. Uh, so I, I want to make sure that I'm giving... Nair all the credit I can. I don't think she was perfect on set pieces. Nothing that would that came back to punish us. But uh, this was this was she did she handled this one as perfectly as she could, and it didn't make me any less nervous. If that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, she uh, she didn't at least she didn't um, totally misjudge a flighted ball in the box <laughs> like she did like she did against Portugal. She always got something to it, uh, or the player trying to trying to shoot. All right, you take the next you take the next one. Uh, so 15 minutes, we get another mischance to isolate Trinity. Um, and, and again, this is where I'm like, come on, what are we doing here? Like, give us a, give us a couple of looks at Anderson. Uh, so this time it's Gurma, and she's, uh, she's doing that thing where she gets it on the left and sort of carries it beyond the Swedish first line of pressure. Yep. And, and that same, Horan is in that exact same pocket. So uh, Gurma manages to clip the ball over to Horan. Um, but Horan decides to try this like looping flick to take it straight out of the air and help it onto Rodman. Oh yeah, that one, just, that one bugged me. Yeah. Could have just controlled it to the outside of her body where there was no, no pressure. And again, it, I mean, it would technically be a two V one with Horan and Trinity, but you don't even need two V one against Anderson. Just pass the ball to Trinity and let Trinity run in a straight line <laughs> towards the end line and we will beat their back line. So that was another one where I'm just like, guys, make like, make this happen. We are, we are wasting chances to beat their worst player. Yeah. Worst player defensively. She's she's decent in the attack, Anderson is. Yeah, so that's her that's the that's the conventional wisdom on her, right? She pushes up high and um then and leaves a lot of space in behind. But I mean, as we saw also, even when she is there, she's pretty easy to beat for a player like Trini Robin. Yeah, that's that's the beauty of this situation is you don't need to do anything. You just pass the ball uncontestedly to a player who's facing her and then let that player run at her. And we have four players who could easily run at her and beat her. Uh, and we saw two of them do it a lot. All right. Well, in this, uh, this incredibly airtight case you're making against Flacco, you have another piece of evidence. <laughs> well, 16th minute. So this is one where Trinity's got her again. We have the ball way on the left side of the field. But this is what I was hoping the pattern would be, right? I was hoping we would start building down our left and then switch it through to the right where we've brought Sweden over. And then, you know, it's not difficult switches. But in this case, uh, like, it wasn't as on as Haran just looking right at her. We've got Germa on the left side of the field. Maybe could have hit the long, you know, driven ball herself, that Hollywood pass. Otherwise, there's, there's a path there through the midfielders, right? If we use Sullivan and Sonnet, we can get it a pretty simple three-pass switch over to Trinity. But again, we're just not looking for it. And that's where I'm just like, okay, this is not something we are actually, you know, targeting. It, it will happen occasionally, but it's not, it's not the game plan. It's very interesting because uh, I hadn't even thought of, like, whether it was the game plan or not. But yeah, we, it seems clear that it was not now to me. Um, what's the next one? Some success. Well, we, yeah, we found her. Uh, <laughs> and it's, it's, it's a nice little sequence. We're in the attacking third this time uh, on a throw-in. And uh, throw-in on the left sideline. And Sophia goes to get it in the left half space. And she gets it with her back to goal. And she just slides it square to Haran, who's in the right half space. 
um, and Haran turns negative and just slides it up to Trinity. So it's a nice little switch from left to right, uh, real efficient. And Trinity's 1v1 finally with Anderson. Here we go. And Trinity proceeds to hit a low cross first time without testing Anderson at all. And I was like, dang it. <laughs> so again, I knew, I knew that this was not like, hey, find this player, ISO, ISO against Anderson, and just work her over and over and over again. Frustrating. Because, like, on the evidence of what we see, what we have seen, the plan was to lump it at Alex's head, right? I mean, it's not all lumps. Like, we're, we are trying. It looks it like was a Germa's. lot of lumps. <laughs> but there's, there's Germa passes in, like, through the lines to Sophia in the half space. But it definitely, it's not, it's definitely not, like, go through Trinity uh, yet. Okay. Well, we do go through Trinity um, in the 18th minute, 1750 mark. But it's not, it's not anything that we planned. It was, um, you know, Smith leaps and blocks a pass, a Swedish pass on our left side. And it caroms all the way across the middle of the field for Rodman. She picks it up in a bunch of space and then skips past a defender and then uncorks one from 20 yards. Hits it well, but right at the keeper. And, um, you know, three yards to either side and it's a goal. But I, I, I know, I just, not to just harp on XG, but the, you know, the XG value of a shot like this is not that high because it's far away from the goal. But when it's a player like her who goes onto her favored right foot and, you know, gets like a full crack at it. And even though she was, she had a defender to her right and a defender to her left, she still kind of had most of the goal to shoot at. That seems like a really good chance. And, um, I thought it was encouraging. Oh yeah, it was. And it's, uh. It, it again shows how easily we can create windows against these Swedish defenders because it, it falls to Trinity and she's looking at the center back and Anderson as, as the help on that center back's left shoulder. And Trinity sort of gets around both of those players to the outside to have her shot. So uh, we have this, we definitely have this like 1v1 matchup against this team, which I'm excited about. And, I, and I'm at this point still hopeful that it's going to pay off. It is interesting though that the, the first time it really paid off for us was on a. Um you know, a totally accidental scenario. Yeah. I mean, it's not accidental to, to, for Sophia Smith to try to, to get in the way of that pass and make, make some chaos in their half, but nobody tried to pass it to Rodman. Um, Sweden gets a chance in the 20th minute, uh, a chance-ish. They, they move the ball through us from our right to the middle, and Aslani plays Blackstenius into the box. Uh, but Ertz is there. Blackstenius tries to turn and shoot with her left foot, but it's blocked easily. I think that was their first shot of the game. Yeah, and, and we did well to smother it, I think. And uh, this, this was a nice one that kind of showcased our defensive shape, not in the best way, but like we said, Sweden aren't a team that normally try to play a lot through the middle, but they did kind of use their uh, deep center midfielder here. And it's because in our 4-4-2 sort of defensive posture, uh, the weak side forward, at least when it was Haran, would like drop in and cheat way over towards the ball side to help discourage that any play through the middle. And again, Sweden don't need much discouraging because they're like, yeah, we don't really want to anyway. But in this case, Morgan didn't do that. The ball was on Haran's side, so Haran's high. And Morgan didn't drop at all and cheat, uh, which just left their defensive midfielder totally free. And it was like Sweden had no choice but to use her. Uh, I don't know if that was the plan, if it was just supposed to be more Haran doing the work. But Morgan did eventually, like very late in the sequence, recognize what was about to happen. And you see that like jolt of body language where she's like, oh, dear, they're going to they're going to like find this. It's I got to get back here and try to help. Um, but she was just way too late for it. 
I mean, on this on this play, it was a really nice sequence from Sweden. Once they once they got that, it was a, it was a really nice like three passes uh, to get a player in the box. And then we did well to recover and smother. The pass out. was a little behind Blackstanius, yep. right? Yep. All right, what's the next thing, Greg? Okay, so twenty first minute, uh, Sweden get another corner, and again, terrifying. Any any Sweden set piece for me, terrifying in knockout soccer. And Nair uh, handles this one fantastically. Right, it's it's basically what would what would have been an Olympico. We saw Canada give this up with uh, a very good goalkeeper of their own because she misplayed it. Um, and Nair uh, gets her footwork, gets everything right, goes up and uh, like pushes it away. And I think gets takes even while she's taking a bump, still pushes it far away from goal. Gets the foul call, but this is a really uh, really excellent play from Nair. Okay, good. Twenty um, fourth minute, Rodman gets fouled. Uh has her arm landed on which is a little bit scary but and she was down for a bit but she was okay um 26 minute triangle an okay one to get out of trouble from haran morgan and dunn then emily sonnet dribbles out of bounds yeah this is rhombus even and it's and it's not like that first one we identified way back in our defensive third like this is attacking third stuff we're mm-hmm. we're up the field doing this mm-hmm. uh but then, of course, as the sequence continues, we neither maintain our numbers around the ball nor switch away from the mass of Swedish bodies we've attracted with this Rondo. Uh, like, Sonnet is the Rondo merchant and ends up with her, but Morgan is not a Rondo merchant. So after she makes her play, uh, she, she ends up wide through this, again, good Rondo. She ends up on the sideline as our wide option. And after she makes her, like, pass backwards to Dunn, she half, half speed kind of slashes into the middle, which is fine. But then nobody replaces her in that sort of rondo <laughs> rotation that you need. Um, so, like, Dunn goes back to Sonnet, and Sonnet's actually even gesturing for someone to, like, fill the wide space. Uh, nobody does, and we, we promptly lose it. It's not our mm-hmm. game. No. Let me ask, right, you know, let's cover this right now instead of in, at the end of the show. Um, it's never been our game, right? I, I don't... I don't think I would say never. Uh, I think there are personnel groups we have that would do it. Uh, and I think you could get almost any personnel group to do it much, much better than we do. Uh, but it would take, it would take real like intentionality from a, from a coaching staff. And I don't think we've ever had that intentionality from this coaching staff. Did we like, have Tobin, it? Tobin Heath wants to Rondo. Like Lindsey Horan would do a Rondo, you know, like the, the yeah. players we had the past cycle last cycle you could definitely get those players in a group and have them keep the ball rapino uh when she had that a little more burst could easily do a little uh pass and move but it hasn't been a characteristic of the women's national team for a while right yes yeah, totally i mean fair. even before vlaco <laughs> i think that's totally fair uh and i'm curious to see if if the new generation if we can get uh i mean again going back to the old one Kristen press would, would jump into a, a group of players passing and be right at home uh, I don't know what, if we'll see that with Trinity Rodman and Sophia Smith and uh, the younger attackers we have coming up. I think they can. I mean, you just gotta you gotta like make say that that's what they need to do. Right. Well, I guess the so the this the big question is like is the rest of the world catching up to us and do we do we have a this isn't anything any like way of picking on the players but like do we have Let's take Spain, for example. They didn't care about women's soccer for, you know, until way after the U.S. already cared about women's soccer. Now they do, and they have this incredible culture of soccer to tap into. Uh, And so it might 
it's it's taken some time, but now they're gonna they're gonna be producing national teams that can rondo like in perpetuity. It's gonna happen from now on because that's how they play soccer in Spain. Um, and it's not necessarily how we play soccer in America, or it's not how we have played soccer in America. And so we don't have that culture to tap into. Like, is I'm not saying there's like some MLS conspiracy that's keeping the women from from, from rondoing, but uh, I do wonder if there's like a if there's a, a concern there. You know, how do you how do you think about that? Uh, I mean, I think it's a very open question. Like, I don't, I don't know if if you can sort of uh, get that into a group of players if it's not ingrained uh, right. early on, and so. It'd be a matter of like finding the players who do, if, if that's the style you want, you got to find the ones who do have it, which might mean like, well, we're going to not bring in a better player who plays a different style. Um, or if it just means, again, leaning into, uh, leaning more towards essentially the murder ball style, right? Of being like, no, we are going to hunt and we are going to transition teams to death. Uh, and no one would be able to stop us from doing that, uh, no matter how good their Rondo sensibilities are. And I don't, okay. I don't have the answer. I mean, I'm not even going to pretend to. Right. It, okay. It also, yeah, I mean, it also doesn't have to be one extreme or the other. You can, find, you can find ways to, like, connect some passes when it's needed and to transition like crazy when that's needed. Yeah. I think, I think yeah, it doesn't have to be one extreme or the other is a good way to say it because I think some people hear, oh, the rest of the world is catching up and it, and it like, makes them mad to hear that or they don't, they don't they're like, no. Uh, we're the, we're still the best. But I think when it comes to this like specific sort of understanding within a, a team of how to move and how to pass and like how to possess the ball and then how to, how to find interesting passes in the final third, I sort of put all that into sort of the same category is um, that's something we don't do. And it's, and I think people are saying, well, you can't just blame Vlaco for that. That's just who we are. And um. I don't know. So what I'd say there is, uh, and now I feel bad because I forget who posted the stat. It was one of the, you know, one of the normal American soccer stat posters, uh, not the full nerd, like the mainstream ones. And they posted <laughs> the stat of uh, like our, our passes per possession, right? Or our number of passes that were X number of passes long, our number of sequences. And in this World Cup, it was abysmal, just abysmal. And you could compare it. Like they had the, they had the numbers from previous World Cups for the US. And 2019, it was like, night and day and 2015 even 2015 where we were not great through certainly through the first four games of the tournament it was still night and day like we were able to keep the ball much better in those tournaments than we did in this one so for me it's like a lot of that drop off is manager influence because it's not like those players in 2015 and 2019 that we had came up playing tons of neat tidy possession soccer like they that, it would have been very much the opposite for a right. 2015 team so uh so it, there, there's definitely something there, but I'm still basically saying Vlaco out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we can agree on that. Um, okay. 26 minute, we get another Robin chance. She picks up another loose ball. So another kind of accidental isolation of her out wide, just a terrible pass from Engeldahl that goes straight over to Rodman and she goes at Anderson and uh, has another, this time goes you know, wide over. Well, she went wide over the first time too, but it goes wide over and there's nobody on her right. And another ripped shot right at the keeper. Um, very well done from Rodman. Just a bit on the sad side of variance, I think. 
Yeah, but it, we're finally getting what we needed, and it's Sweden doing the job for us. So uh, Engeldahl showing showing like Haran what we need to do when the ball gets to us and we have an ability to play it to Trinity Rodman. Um, because there are no fancy moves or anything here. She dribbled right at Anderson, then dribbled right at her, but slightly faster. Boom, huge shooting window. Like, that, yeah. that was the only thing necessary here. So, uh, you know, if we hadn't figured it out yet, I think maybe this was a turning point of being like, hey, let Trinity Rodman run at this player. Was it? <laughs> no. 26 minute, we missed two more chances. And they're, uh, they're both from Emily Fox. Two more chances to get the ball to Trinity Rodman. Um, and they're both coming off like nice sequences where, again, we start building on the left, switch really efficiently to the right. Wish that had just been the blueprint. Um, the first one comes on a switch through Sonnet, which I love. I love it, a switch through a midfielder. Um, so Sonnet gets just, you know, receives it from the left side, helps it over to the right. And Fox, like, looks Trinity off, has an easy 100% completion pass to uh, Trinity Rodman. 1v1 mm-hmm. against Anderson, you know, just 20 yards past midfield. Um, but we ignore it, and she sort of just carries it upfield, waiting for something better. Ends up riding a challenge, having to turn back and uh, go back all the way back to Ertz. And then the second one, um, pretty similar, but the switch this time is from Germa. And in this case, like, we, it, it's, you know, we've brought Sweden over to the left. We get it over to Fox, and Fox doesn't play Trinity again with an easy pass. Instead, hits it into Haran in, like, the half space under pressure, and nothing really comes of it there. So I'm getting frustrated. Yeah, I'm getting frustrated just listening to you. We really didn't. Uh, we really didn't exploit this uh, intentionally, hardly at all, did we? Just, just not as much as I wish we would have. And again, like you know, it's it's a accumulation game in soccer. You accumulate a bunch of low percentage chances, and you try to make those low percentage ch- low percentage chances chances even slightly higher anytime you can. And again, we were presented. Uh, with what I would consider a very good matchup percentage here. And I just wanted us to hammer it as often as possible. It seemed like, it seemed like we did do, a, we did hammer it a little more with Williams when she came on late. Did that, does that sound right to you? I think so. And I don't know if it was just a coincidence or if it was like, a, a, you know, when, when you have the opportunity to talk to your sub coming into the game, uh, might've been a little bit more intentional. Okay. Um, we get another Rodman shot in the 28th minute. This one with her left foot. She combines with Haran. Nice little give and go. And then skies it. But it all starts with some pretty crisp switches of play. And, um, and then Rodman going at the defense with Haran's help. Yeah, enjoyed the combination here. Uh, Lindsey Haran, again, loves to be a combination player. If you can actually get her up ahead of the ball in these situations, you know, have her hanging out at the top of the box. Uh, it's, it's always just a matter of can she get from her deep-lying play, playmaker spot uh, up to the box in time. And if you just start her out as a 10, that can help you do it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Up and down the field soccer in the 29th minute, Morgan picks up a loose ball and leads Smith into the corner. Smith gets stood up, but she persists, pokes it across for Haran, who is in the box right in front of the goal. She just can't get her feet set for a shot. And then Sweden, so gets poked away. And then Sweden, Sweden goes back at us. Dunn and Sullivan kind of collide, trying to shut things down. And the ball is, you know, progressed forward and then skipped into the box uh, where I think it's Blackstanius uh, has a swing, but it's just cleaned right off her feet. And it didn't feel really that dangerous once it was in the box. It was a good tackle from Julie Ertz, too. Yeah, this was a great sequence for Ertz because the whole thing starts with an Ertz power thigh. Uh, it might have been the only one of the tournament, but she power thighs at a solid 15 yards upfield. And that's how uh, that's how we 
that's how Morgan picks it up to start things. Nice ball from Morgan. We get Sophia Smith uh, in a you know little bit of space, and I feel like this kind of showcased the good and the bad that we kind of saw from her in this tournament. She's got her player one v one. This is what we need. This is when we need her to do something. Um, and she kind of her touch lets her down. But then the other thing she brings is that wrecking ball quality, where even though her touch has let her down, she manages to outwork two Swedish defenders around her to keep yeah. the play alive. And then uh, honestly, like I felt good when this ball goes to Haran. Haran is exactly who you want to have the ball in that situation where she's not quite faced up to shoot, but she can hold the ball usually for a long time. So I was like, oh, she'll just like hold it at her feet four yards from goal. Everyone will panic and then she'll like slip it back to uh, a shooter who's spotted up for a shot from 18 yards. And it just didn't quite happen that way. No. Like, did you think maybe she would back heel it in or something like that? <laughs> she can do, she can do any of those things. That's what she's yeah. capable of. Right. Like, yeah. because you can't get around her to take it. But I think she, she was actually trying too focused on, or very focused on trying to actually create the shot for herself. Yeah. Which understandable. You're four yards from goal. Yeah. And then, uh, so 33rd, 34th minute, Rodman wins a corner doing Anderson again. Anderson gets a foot on it, puts it out of bounds. And then the, on the ensuing corner kick, Andy Sullivan provides some good service and Lindsay Horan just pounds the crossbar with her header. Uh, pretty big chance, but yep, and, we can't solve it. Right. And this is, this is, you know, just more revenue from that Anderson revenue stream. Uh, I wish Trinity would have actually pressed the advantage here even more when she started to round her. Uh, she hit the cross like sort of right as she got past her when maybe you could get her to lean on you, get into the box, see if she does something reckless swiping at you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, just keep doing it. Volume. Yep. Just yep. <laughs> volume at Anderson. At this point in the game, XG is equal, but that doesn't feel right. We've been way more dangerous. Yeah, we've had we've had some real looks. We've been in the box a lot. Sweden basically just have the two block shots and that Olympico for them. Uh, our chances haven't been like clear cut gimmies. They've been we've had a couple of clear cut shots, but they've been you know distance or from angles uh, that set up keepers nicely. But yeah, I, I don't think there's any question that we are the more threatening side here and have been. Thirty-seven minute mark, a good sequence. It's uh, Smith in a pocket receives it from Germa. As Dunn pushes high and wide, Smith turns and goes uh, and then plays it out to Rodman. Sweden's defense is retreating. They're on the run. Rodman tries to first time slip it across. The pass is off. I'm not sure who she was going for. I think she had Haran and Morgan uh, at different stages of the trajectory of the ball. Uh, It kind of went between them and uh, gets cut out. But a a uh, a nice sequence of soccer there, I thought. Yeah, and I'm going to be the broken record and say I feel like we let Anderson off the hook a little bit more again, um, hitting it first time instead of just collecting it and you know creating the shot yourself. I get the decision. If it if that ball gets through where she's wanting it to, I'm sure she's seeing a tap in for one of those runners. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but again, I I feel like as a team we maybe underestimated just how weak Anderson was. Yeah. Hopefully, none of John Anderson's family is listening to this podcast because <laughs> you have been ruthless with her. She's got like two assists in the tournament. She's having a marvelous tournament. She's playing okay. in the quarterfinal. I just, this is what, like, for me, this is what you need to do. You, you pick the one spot, you have that edge and you just, when, when it's there, you just, and it's again, it's there and it's really easy to build to. Like it doesn't take any extra no. special building to get the ball to a winger looking at the fullback. And if that fullback can't handle a winger or several different wingers, uh, you just, you just got to burn them over and over. 
Well, that like as as my favorite football coach and yours, I'm sure Hayden Fry would say, <laughs> you got to scratch where it itches, you know. Uh, halftime comes, um, no changes. Fifty um, second minute, Smith turns and does a couple Swedish players plays it to Haran in the center circle. Haran plays it out to Rodman, who for the first time can't beat Anderson. This time she gets it poked away. Yeah, it's, it's a loose touch from Rodman, like kind of has her stood up and then takes like a fake touch, but actually actually touches it on accident. Uh, but even then, even with that loose sloppy touch from Rodman, all Anderson can do is like desperately lunge and poke it out for a corner. Oh, was it a corner? Yeah. So if that's your okay. bad outcome, like, yeah. you know, you got to take that. Oh, I'm not arguing with you, Greg. <laughs> Definitely not. 50th, 53rd minute, uh, sustained pressure from the U.S. Fox tracks it down on the right side. After, you know, a, a cross loops over and then just whips one, you know, takes it to, kind of to the end line and whips one across that skips through the box and Haran comes from the other side and meets it first time. So clean. This is just a lovely strike and it's a good save down to Musevich's left. It was that one. That was the one where I, uh, you know, made a lot of noise in my living room <laughs> at five, you know, roughly six o'clock a.m. Unreal, unreal strike from Haran, and I feel like that's the that's the shot we're gonna think back on uh, anytime we think about this game and crashing out. Besides the penalties, of course, uh, it'll be it'll be that shot and that save um, because it's an unreal strike, and the save is just stupid good. And you know, what can you do but tip your hat? Well, was the keeper also unsighted? It felt like she was maybe when when Haran struck it, but I don't know for sure. I mean, if she was, it makes it even more impressive. Uh, yeah. But just to just to get that hand to that spot and get enough of it, enough purchase on it uh, to just I mean, it barely clears that post. But yeah, ama- amazing save. Oh, it hurts to think about. It still um, felt, though, like it's coming. Like, OK, you got did. that save, but it's coming. Yes, it did. On the ensuing corner, it fell. Uh, the ball kind of falls to Smith on the back post. And, you know, she has time to sort of wind up and she just shanks it. Uh, hits it back across the box over in the direction of Emily Fox. Yeah, these these little those sometimes those like set piece uh, scramble chances materialize so quickly since you don't see them coming, and then they evaporate so quickly when she when she like scuffs it or, or shanks it that it barely even registers as a chance. Then when you see it again, you're like, oh man, like she is t- ten yards from the goal, <laughs> like with nobody around her, and she can yeah. you know choose how she wants to hit this ball with what surface of the foot. Uh, it's a it's a bigger chance than I remembered for sure. And she didn't really have anybody rushing on to her, like rushing at her either. No, no, no. Yeah, that's what I mean. She could size it up, yeah. and she just like use. I think she used the inside of her foot, like she's doing, a, just gonna pass it in. I she don't just know. hits it like almost back out towards the corner. Come on, Soph. <laughs> Fifty-six minute mark. A good layoff from Morgan on a. Th- throw in from Fox on our right side and Haran rushes onto it, takes a touch and then, you know, tries a half volley from just inside the box, slices it pretty badly. Great little flick on from Morgan. She's had a lot of those this tournament. This is another really good one. And, and again, it's these, this, any, any of these chances are tough bouncing ball, but it's, this is like a, a decent look for Haran. It's a good window. She gets to, you know, she knows she's going to get this shot off without getting blocked or tackled. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you have that sort of peace of mind, like all you have to do is worry about your technique. And we just just kind of miss it. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder how many, like if she got that exact sequence 10 times, how many times would she put it on frame? Probably eight. 
I don't have the number. You're the, ma- you're the mathematician. I want to run it in a lab for sure. <laughs> All right. 57th minute. Uh, good soccer from us in the midfield. More from Morgan, Rodman, and Haran. Uh, after like sort of a, a scramble after a, go- a Swedish goal kick, Haran does a lovely little half turn um, on a pass from Rodman that just eliminates a player. She was so, so I will say Haran had, um, you know, she had some cinematic moments that were that were poor like where she would like stumble over the ball or you know she just her general lack of mobility being illustrated but i thought overall she played really well um well that that looping flick thing she tried early (laughs) in the first half that's a that was pretty bad too but um that her her work on the half turn you know the way she can receive the ball and eliminate a player in the same motion and she did that several times this was one of those cases and then she tries to play Smith in behind down the pass, down the left, and the pass is overcooked. So, there you go. That's my little Lindsay Haram bit. I know somebody on the Discord wanted me to defend her, and I and I'm I'm not doing it just because they asked. I do think she was. I do think she was good. Well, plus, I mean, two great chances. Uh, yeah, that she made a lot out of uh, one off the post, and then that that one we just talked about. Yeah, the header. The header was also like you know she was marked and she was uh, she was kind of. She wasn't like, she wasn't like sometimes with a header, it's, it's, it's kind of getting teased across in front of you and you're just running full speed at it and you can just hammer it. She was like basically jumping straight up or maybe a little, a little bit backward. She still generated that much power on the header. What's the next thing? Um, 59 minute, minute. Yeah. just another Anderson example, uh, ball kind of ends up out at, uh, Trinity Rodman's feet out on the sideline, uh, with Anderson coming up tight to her and, like, not only does she rinse Anderson to the inside, but then she proceeds to rinse Erickson, the center back, uh, to have the ball in, like, the corner of the box where she tries to feed Alex Morgan running into the near post, um, and it just doesn't quite come off. Uh, but, yeah, it's just Sweden are eminently rinsable, I guess is what I would say, mm-hmm. is the lesson here. Hmm. Yeah, because that was actually a, a pretty decent chance because if... Morgan gets a little touch to it. She can like, you know, who knows where it goes. And, um, and if the Swedish defender, I think a Swedish defender cut it out before it got to the goal line. Right. And it, yeah. 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 And if, and this is if the run. Oh, go ahead. Well, just if it sneaks through, I think it was on frame. So either a, a Morgan ah. touch or it sneaks through, it's a decent chance. It's, uh, you know, so it somehow bundles across. What were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say this Morgan run. I mean, it's like the Morgan run, right? Running from the center to the near post. And I love the run. She, but so many times in this tournament, she ends up sort of wide of the goal, you know, where she's going to have, mm-hmm. a, if, even if she gets this ball with her right foot, she's going to have an almost impossible time getting it on frame. Uh, and the thing you notice is we don't have anyone else in the box um, for her to like lay off to or anything like that. So it's, it's all or nothing Trinity and uh, Alex here. And so it's, it's a tough one to actually make anything out of. But the, the, very fun thing to watch is, is Trinity just cruise through two defenders. Yeah. I think Fox does the same, the same thing over basically the same route a few minutes, like a few seconds later. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we were getting so much joy, obviously, down that right side. I thought for sure it was coming. Like, it's, Sweden weren't really making the adjustment to help Anderson out. Uh, what do you do? I don't know. You bring on Megan Rapino. Uh, <laughs> She was high stepping on the sideline at that point in the broadcast, so that the um, that's it. But I, I I also think there was nothing in the game for Sweden from the blocked shot in the thirtieth minute until the eighties. Uh, just no chance, like no chances at all, nothing. 
61st minute, Ertz gets away with a potential yellow card foul after Rodman plays a dangerous pass back to her. Um, Blackstanius nearly pick, well, does pick it off actually, and then just gets upended by Ertz just outside the box. But the the ref, who was reluctant to pull cards out of her pocket on the night, um, did not card her. 62nd minute, Rodman flicks a floated Germa ball. Uh, so Germa's all, all the way over on the, on the left sideline, and she floats one in the box. Robin gets a little touch to it, flicks it along for Sophia on the back post. She's all alone in the box and just takes a heavy touch before stumbling into the keeper. Not her night, I don't think. Yeah, not her night. Kind of not her tournament uh, in front of goal. Like, there just, there just wasn't that... Uh key key execution from her right in front of goal she had a bunch of like positive moments farther away from goal which i'm not gonna i'm not gonna allow that to impact my my take that she should have been a striker but a lot of the a lot of the positives she was doing were actually like you know dancing past people and then creating open space to run into right um not that we turned any of those into real chances either uh but yeah just the that that last touch in front of in front of the goal just was not there for her all tournament no and and uh, fortunately, I think, I mean, I guess fortunately, Robin, I think was offside on that flick. So would have been called back even if she had, if, even if Smith had put it away. 65th minute, got to note some great 1v1 defending from Gurma. She just picks an attacker's pocket on the end line. Just so delicate, like a surgeon. And then uh, clears it upfield. She was fantastic all tournament, but probably a big part of the reason we only gave up two shots on target. Yeah, I mean, like you said, Sweden's chances have been non-existent. They haven't even been chance adjacent. Like they have had nothing in the in the box, nothing really even in our uh final third. It is it's been uh field tilt has been dramatic. Yeah. Lynn Williams comes on for Rodman in the 66th minute and and boy did she make an impact. Um we'll get to that in a second. 68th minute, uh good grab from Nair on a set piece from wide wide left. I'm sure you're waiting to tell me why it wasn't a good grab, but <laughs> I thought it was a good grab. Yeah, no, this one this is another uh perfect uh execution from Alyssa Nair. Uh it's still really again the margins for her are so thin. Um because she goes up and catches it sort of right behind the heads of a Swedish player and a US player. Mm-hmm. Uh so she's she's still her her interception point is just going to be lower than Casey Murphy's would, but she judges it perfectly, gets to it and catches it. No, I was actually really fussy on this with Alex Morgan for giving the foul away to begin with, uh, because like we said, Sweden have done nothing all game, but the one thing they are excellent at is hitting a ball at their tall players. So this was like a really cheap foul for Alex Morgan to give away in the defensive third, uh, and just needless. So it's like. Don't have it happen like this, you guys. Like, make them earn it. Yeah. They keep dumping uh, balls into the box, too, uh, right after, like, soon after this, right? Yeah, there's Sophia Smith actually picks up a, a, another kind of cheap foul, but that, this one doesn't seem that bad because it's, like, in the center circle. But even from this, Sweden send all their players up, and they're like, well, we know, we know what we do. Uh, so they dumped a ball in, we kind of cleared it, and they dumped it in again from the center circle. Um, and it is. It's, it's nervous. We handled it well, but... Uh, just an example of like Sweden are going to play to their strengths. Yeah. So right at the 71 minute mark, we have some good buildup from Sonnet to Haran to Williams out wide who roasts Jonna Anderson again uh, and then whips a ball across the, the six. The ball just sails about head high right across the six. And there's nobody in the box. 
There's some people in the box. This is the time when this is the time when William <laughs> this is the time when Williams uh just pushes it past Anderson and just goes on a track meet race with her, which she is, you know, was sure to win. Yeah, there's nothing fancy about it. Um it's it's a really good build up. Again, we we get it on the left side of Crystal Dunn. Uh Al- Alex Morgan is actually still switched with Sophia Smith from those Sweden set pieces we were talking about where she'd gone back to, you know, be the tall head. Um, so she's, she's a little bit deeper than she normally would be. Um, and in fact, that helps her in the, she, she's part of the buildup. So she gets it from Dunn, lays it off to Sonnet. Sonnet could have retreated here. Like the easy safe pass would have been to just go back to Julie Ertz and sort of start over. But this is another really good play from Sonnet where uh, she looks that one off because she has a little bit of time. Instead, hits a really good diagonal ball on the floor to Haran in that pocket that Haran had been in a lot in the first half. And this time, Haran very quickly just feeds it out to Lynn Williams. Um, So Lynn collects it, you know, at the sideline, 45 yards from goal, facing up with Sweden's worst defender. And again, it it actually looks like it takes her a second to remember the the scouting report. She's like, okay, I got it. What am I going to do? And she's like, oh, that's right. I will just kick the ball past her and run at the goal. So that's what she does. And it's... Uh, easy as you like she gets a plenty uh, giant window and then hits it across um the runner's situation is not ideal so because alex morgan was in the build-up and because she's you know alex morgan she does not catch up with the play here uh and she should like i, I don't think it's a pure physical limitation because when haran feeds it out to lynn williams haran and alex morgan are on the same line sophia yeah. smith is clear out on the other weak side of the field and Smith is the runner who gets into the box and ends up roughly at the six. Uh, Haran gets into the box, but Alex Morgan is still not in the picture when this ball gets hit across. So that means Alex Morgan is outrun by Lindsey Haran on this play, which shouldn't happen when we have like a clear jailbreak situation. Uh, Jailbreak's a stretch, but because of the context of who Lynn Williams was facing, it's obvious that we have to start, you know, committing to getting in the box because Williams is going to beat this player. We need to mob the box in this situation. And, yeah. and I, I wondered if Morgan was gassed at this point, you know? Because what, 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 what's the explanation? She, she, you're right. She was level with Haran at midfield when Haran played it out to Williams. She just didn't make it into the box. Yeah, I mean, that's what it is. It's, it's a choice because Haran hits that ball to Williams and then she adds a little burst to, to catch up to the play again. Um, and you, you can see Morgan trailing until she falls out of the picture and she never, never demonstrates any burst, even as Lynn bursts forward. You know I mean, Lynn hits that big touch and it's like, Oh, we are in now. We need numbers in, uh, Sophia cuts the cross and makes the near post run that has to be made. And yeah, there's just nobody who's, who's joining late. Well, okay. 72. I mean, there are probably players we have who, who would have the juice for that kind of a run, say an Alyssa Thompson. Uh, yeah, but we had who we had. She'll, she'll, uh, she might play a part, a significant part in the Olympics next summer. Might. 72 minute mark. Williams, uh, plays it to Smith at the end line. She cuts it back and, uh, you know, so that's Smith who kind of cuts it back. And again, there's really nobody there. I could be imagining this, but it seems like Morgan was slow to join again, uh, when we're cruising up the right with, with Williams. Oh, she definitely is again. So, so Smith starts out centrally, like again, like almost like her and Morgan have flipped roles. Uh, and it's Smith and Lynn Williams exposing Anderson again. Uh, 
This time, Smith, uh, Lynn Williams chooses to put Smith into the Man City zone, and so you see Smith arriving. But Morgan never bursts uh, from that left side. She sort of just soccer jogs from that left wing into the box. And so when she finally does make her burst as Sophia's collecting the ball, she's just nowhere near uh, the position that she needs to be to get to the cutback ahead of the Sweden center back. So you can see, like, she starts, she starts her movement too late, and she ends up about four feet from being where she needs to be. And yeah, it seems like maybe maybe the legs are getting a little heavy. And time's starting to, you know, the clock is ticking at this point. 75-minute mark, another ball over the top to Williams. She beats Anderson to it, and then it, uh, it kind of pops out to Morgan after um, Williams tries to cut back on Anderson, and Anderson, Anderson pokes it away. Morgan plays a smart little pass over to Sonnet at the top of the box, just a, a square pass, uh, waist high. Sonnet settles it and has one from 20 yards and blasts it over. It's another good look. Uh, again, another like what you'd consider uncontested, right? So it's always nice when you know that as this ball is coming to you, you will not get tackled and it's not going to get blocked. You get to step in however you want to step in and hit it. And so, yeah, just just uh, rises up on her. Yeah. Sweden makes some subs in the 82nd minute. Uh, Jakobsen comes on for ridding Kanerid and... Uh, Hertig comes on for Aslani, who had who was on a yellow card for a tackle on Julie Ertz. A, still, still no subs from us except for the Williams one, of course. Which did you know the whole like Lynn Williams is the world's best fifteen to thirty minute sub kind of like looked accurate in this moment. No, I mean not the implication that she shouldn't be starting, which I, I don't have a comment on. Uh, but the eighty fourth minute, we get a good ball in behind from Haran for Morgan. Morgan runs onto it and right-footed wax it at the side netting. She was offside anyway. Yeah, her first touch a little heavy. I think she had to take two touches to get her shot set up and then just can't quite catch up to it to get it back on frame. And like you said, doesn't wouldn't count anyway. Sweden, I, I don't know that's... I mean, it sort of seemed to me like Smith, Smith's legs were a little heavy too. Maybe not at this point in the game, but, but later, because there's a lot more game left to go. Uh, so 85th minute, Sweden gets a chance up the right. Uh, a goal kick is settled by Blackstenius, and she plays it out to the new sub, Jakobsen, who takes on Crystal Dunn 1v1 and cuts in on her left foot and hits it directly at Nair with her left foot. Easily Sweden's best chance of the game so far and their first shot on target and the second shot on target conceded by the U.S. in the tournament. And the shot itself here has shades of the Netherlands goal um, just for, you know, the location of it and the fact that it's between two bodies. Uh, our midfield rotation wasn't great, but eventually Sonic gets there to close down from the inside and you have Dunn kind of closing it down from the outside. So it's a really narrow uh, window for, for Jakobsen to hit. And she basically hits it straight at a listener. Kind of rem- a little bit of shades of the, the first Rodman shot too. Yep. Like, yep. Similar. Um, 89th minute. A uh, big chance for the U.S. Williams crosses. So there's a Fox attempts a cross from deep and it gets kind of popped up in the air and Williams wins it admirably right in front of Anderson. Kind of use, <laughs> uses, uh, uses her settling touch to, to, to cut past her down to the end line. And, um, and then she, she plays a, a cross into the six. 
finds Morgan's head. This was the one. This was the one. Uh, finds Morgan's head, and Morgan heads it on frame from point blank. It, I think, does quite well to put the shot on frame. And um, Musovic saves it down to a right. It's just not far enough away from the keeper and not, not hit hard enough. Yeah, and it's a, it's a tough one to put any juice on because, you know, Morgan, to do this, is like, it's a little bit over her head, right? So she's pushing off of the defender. She gets a nice push off, which may have been called back in a review. Uh, yeah. But then she has to jump sort of away from the goal. She's kind of jumping backwards. So it's going to be tough to get any juice on the header. She does direct it well. The, the, like, the what-if scenario is that Lindsay Horan is right behind her with a, actually like a great runway to run onto it. So she's got all her momentum coming at the ball. And you just wonder if, if she gets to it instead, uh, whether she'd end up with like a bullet header instead of Morgan's sort of weaker header. Yeah. And then we get another similar chance 30 seconds later. Williams again on that right side clips it again to Morgan, who's 1v1 in the box again, and she gets to it. She goes up a little bit higher, gets to it, but even less power on this one. It just kind of loops. This loops Musevich. it up for the keeper to claim. And that's the final whistle, and the, the terrifying prospect of penalties are looming. Uh, 94th minute, Sweden gets a cross onto Herdig's head, but Nayer, I mean, I say Nayer snuffs it out. It's, she just kind of clatters into Herdig. Um, and it does count as a shot, I think, for Sweden, which is where they get, I believe, all of their expected goals for extra time because it, because it hit Herdig's head. Yes. So this is where, again, not going not gonna to slander Nair here because her, she did great with uh, most of her, her uh, actions. And, of course, we'll get to her shootout near heroics. Um, but this isn't her best moment. Uh, she had another one that I didn't get the time for, so I haven't seen the, re- the full replay, but um, where Sweden hit a ball in and she goes up and, like, clatters Alex Morgan, who actually wins the ball. So Nair came out, doesn't get to it, gets beat to it, and then hits her own player. So that was a little dicey. And then this one's pretty dicey too, right? So Nair goes up, but she does not get there. She's well beaten to the ball and ends up like cracking Herdig in the back of the head with a fist. Yeah. And I'm really, like you said, it got clocked as, as a shot attempt, but I'm really curious how it scored. Herdig heads it away from goal. Uh, and I believe the other Sweden player who was kind of challenging ends up being called offside. And that's what we get. Cause, uh, oh, well maybe it wasn't where the xg came from i couldn't find anything else that it came from but i didn't either so it could be this and and the thing is like uh i was i was worried that we could get a penalty review i know goalkeepers get away with a lot uh so but this is where like the video the video review couldn't can like undo the traditions of what referees call because traditionally it's like ah it's the keeper they're allowed to go in and swing as hard as they want and whatever happens happens but the video can be like hey we have to kind of call this because she punched the she punched the swedish player in the head and generally that's a foul so I was nervous, and then I think the other player was offside, and it would have negated the, the punch. Okay. 96th minute, Sullivan does well to win it in midfield and plays it over the top for Morgan. Morgan corrals it. Doesn't look, uh, doesn't look uh, heavy-legged in this moment. Corrals it, uh, kind of holds off two defenders, and then hits it hard and clean, just like uh, from a tight angle. It would have been really difficult to make it, but a really good hit. It's just right at Musevich. Um, and not right at her, but uh, close to right at her. It's a good shot and a decent save. Yeah. And this, what a moment this would have been for Alex Morgan. Like, uh, because yeah, it's, it's fantastic from her. It's, it's a good look from Sullivan. Uh, she had Morgan and Smith kind of making this run around the, the left side of the defensive line and Morgan 
just says, no, this is mine and holds off the, the contact from one of her initiates contact. Probably like Morgan's almost like stiff arms are out of the way and then still controls it and still has the, the balance and the technique to smash a pretty solid shot yeah. uh, on frame. So man, if that, if, if this one goes in, what an Alex Morgan moment for, for all of us haters. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, 98th minute, Hannah Benison comes on for Engeldahl, and then 99th minute, Rapino comes on for Morgan, and Smith moves to striker. Uh, I'm not gonna go in on Morgan on Rapino here, but she, you know, one of her first actions was a ball over the top with her running on, like running onto it, and she just takes a poor touch. It wasn't like it was, it wasn't like a really difficult touch. She just took a poor touch, it went out of bounds. And I thought, man, what are we doing here? And, and then Allie Wagner, to her credit, starts talking about managers relying on players' history instead of their actual form. I mean, she said, that said, Megan Rapino can, you know, open up a game with a single pass, which is true. So, I don't yeah. know. Morgan also, I mean, go ahead. I was just going to say, as, as we've talked about, didn't, don't love that Rapino was Platko's uh, go-to sub when he did sub. For this tournament did not expect that uh and again that actually did kind of change my my rating of what the u.s would be capable of when when you go to her instead of going to what i consider would be like an incredible wild card in an Alyssa thompson uh you, you know i'm not saying Alyssa thompson comes in and guarantees you goals or even chances right uh, but she she guarantees you some pace <laughs> in a game like this where we were pacing our way around sweden pretty reliably uh, I didn't love that we that we went with Rapino, and you get nothing against the ball from Rapino. I mean, yeah, that's she's the other thing. You're just not, jogging around. It's it's not like oh well, we can't put in the inexperienced player because what if she costs us on defense? Like Rapino's not defending. Uh, you know, somebody else, somebody mentioned in the Discord. I'm just going to re- relate this, not make a judgment about it. But if we're talking about actual form, which was the term that Ali Wagner used. Alex Morgan hadn't scored since well, I think I believe it was May twenty, May twentieth, and um, Sophia Smith has scored eight goals since then. I yeah I don't know what to make of it because I haven't looked at what her minutes were. A lot of the players have sort of left camp or you know left their club team for camp for this U.S. So I don't know how many games that actually is or how many minutes. But I'll just reiterate, despite my you know my agenda that it should be Sophia Smith at the nine, Morgan was solid in this tournament. Like. She was, yeah. she was not necessarily like elite. Uh, she wasn't creating chances for herself consistently, I'll say. Um, but she was getting on the ends of things. Uh, she did have some, some looks for herself. She definitely was setting up other players. Um, a, bit, a bit of bad finishing luck from her, a bit of bad finishing luck from players that she set up. Uh, it's tough. I, I feel like it's, it's, uh, it still feels criminal that the player who is again dominating the NWSL as a striker um wasn't our wasn't we didn't build around her as our striker um not just for this tournament but in the months leading up to it uh, right. that that feels like gross negligence and, and it feels even more so as our offense kind of sputtered again I know that the, the underlying numbers were good but I just I, I continue to think that the evidence needed to be overwhelming that Sophia Smith was the wrong player to start to not start her at striker yeah, and I'll just add that um, I agree. I I agree with all that, and 
but I also think Morgan's been pretty good, like you said. And she's a, she's just a warrior, you know. I mean, she is she is uh, she's battling out there all the time. And, and again, gotta gotta add once more. Sophia Smith wasn't great uh, in those key moments with the ball in front of goal. You, I mean, you never know with if you just add volume and if she creates more volume uh, with the, with that wrecking ball ability she has. Um, but in the moments that she did have uh, outside of Vietnam wasn't the best but we'll get to when she actually did have a really good chance yeah a lovely sequence well i mean she was you know she had the big chance to win the game in penalties obviously but um and in the hundred well the what is it yeah the 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 hundred and first minute we get a lovely sequence it's sonnet and smith win in midfield smith drives plays it over to williams uh and then williams comes in and hits a nice low shot on goal, far post, and it's again this Musevich person uh, palms it, palms it wide, a, a pretty good save I think, just past Rapino, uh, who is arriving at the back post, so it kind of it gets past her, and then it falls to Haran, who turns and tries to clip it with her left foot, and it's headed off, not off the line, but headed away from the frame of goal by a defender. These are big chances, both of them really. Um, oh, huge, huge chances, and and this is where again. Uh, for my agenda, since we were just talking about it, Smith absolutely offers more in defense than Alex Morgan. And so if it were Smith and Lynn Williams and Trinity Rodman, you get a lot more out of that front three defensively. And we talked at the beginning of this about how, you know, those transition moments that we were so good at creating in the build up to the World Cup were not nearly as uh, frequent in the World Cup. And this is one of those, right? Uh, Sophia Smith drops all the way back from striker to go mm-hmm. and poke the ball away. And then as soon as she pokes it away from a Swedish midfielder, she bursts upfield, like races upfield uh, to collect the next pass to then drive at them to free up Lynn Williams on the wing. And you don't have necessarily that kind of action from Alex Morgan. So if you want that sort of 100 miles an hour soccer, uh, then Sophia, Sophia's the nine can kind of give you that. And I, again, the trade-offs are what they might be. You don't necessarily know how, how the defensive shape would have held up if we were playing 100-mile-an-hour soccer. Uh, but it, it definitely makes you wonder. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've, I've got another... I, I've sensed that I'm about to be corrected here, but I've got another good punch on a set piece from Nair in the 104th minute. So again, this is one where I'm like, ooh, a little shaky here, but since she's been having a good game, I think everyone's just riding that wave. Because uh, she kind of comes out over traffic and doesn't quite get there to get under it. And so by the time she gets to this ball, she's lunging and like slaps it downward as she's falling down. So now you have a situation where the ball is just on the floor in the box with the goalkeeper on the ground, nine yards out of frame. And generally that would be considered a walkabout, unfortunately for, (laughs) for our listener rating, but uh, no harm done because we get to it first and are able to clear it out before, before anyone can take advantage. But yeah, this one, I'm like, I, I, I think, uh, you know, they were talking about how she did well here, but I'm like, I don't know that we would, we would grade that out as doing well, but we're okay. She's, she's yeah. just barely treading water still, but she's treading. <laughs> okay. All right. 107th minute. Uh, so after the break in extra time, uh, we get a good ball whipped in from Williams to Smith. A very good first touch. She, uh, she uses it to get around the defender that's right on her shoulder and she's, uh, she takes a shot from a tight angle. It's it's another save from Musevich, though I th- don't think it was on frame. Anyway, it looked like it was going wide of the post to me. It, it would have been close. She tries she tries to roof it. 
good decision from her to try to roof it from that angle. Uh, yeah. Great first touch to uh, cushion it and allow her to uh, accelerate to her first touch faster than the defender could. So it actually, you know, gives her enough room to run onto it. Um, so this is, that's exactly the kind of moment that I wish we had seen more of from Sophia Smith. Mm-hmm. Both by her positioning and by her own execution. I wish we had seen more of those things. We get one more scramble uh, some scramble chances where there's a scuffed Smith shot from the top of the box and then it kind of falls to William and she turns and tries to hit it with her left foot at, and scuffs it right at Musevic. And that was it for chances in the game. And it went to penalties. Oh, we, we did sub on uh, Kelly O'Hara, O'Hara for Emily Fox and Christy Mewis for Emily Sonnet, probably with penalties in mind, right at the end of the game. Yeah, I assume so. And uh, I don't know, again, because O'Hara in particular wasn't one of our first five takers. And so I'm a little bit wondering if like O'Hara's job was to be the like the leader in the group of players at midfield, because, you know, so much is now built into the psychology of it. And we'll get to it later. But like lots of those things are very intentionally done now. Yeah, I don't know. That That was my that was sort of my theory. I don't mind it if that's the theory. I mean, it seems like O'Hara is a, a, a good, uh, a good leader in the group. Yeah, Aunt, Auntie Kelly out there to, to help the girls stay calm, stay positive. Right. The penalties start and, you know, the first one to go was Andy Sullivan. I didn't, I was kind of worried about it having watched her, you know, try to shoot on goal a few times earlier in the game, a couple times earlier in the game, but man, she buried it low and left. Um, no problem. This is wild. So I think, other than Rapino, I had no idea who would actually take penalties for us. I, I figured Haran would, uh, but you know, Alex Morgan has been our designated penalty taker outside of Rapino. So with her out of the game, it was like, okay, Rapino's going to take one. Probably O'Hara and Mewis since they just came in in the hundred nineteenth minute. But otherwise, no clue. Yeah, Mewis seemed and like I, a slam dunk to me, um, just like a technical, you know, sort of a technician of a player. Sullivan, I was shocked by <laughs> um so then so then the sweet swedish fridolina rolfo she she buries her hard to the right and then Lindsay Lindsay goes up and buries her hard to the left buries hers hard to the left sweden goes hard to the left and uh buries those there's it's elon rubinson and then christy mewis hits it uh to the left and up and sends Musevich the wrong way. So, so, so the, first, the first four kicks before Mewis, the first four are all just like incredible penalties, right? Like yeah, really hit hard, ones. side net, and you're just like, oh, it's going to be that kind of a shootout. And then Mewis hits hers, you know, fine, smashes it down, kind of down the middle, which is fine. But like, like oh, geez, like, I thought maybe we'd be going a lot of rounds, but I didn't think it was going to happen the way it happened. Well, then uh, Natalie Bjorn, the right back, she misses hers, sends it over. So we're up 3-2. And then up comes Megan Rapino, And she skies hers, too. She misses hers over the goal. All right. So, uh, you know, I have the famous jinx of Gio Reyna for his injury troubles. Uh, I'm watching this, you know, with my family in the morning, whatever hour it is. Rapino's coming up. And I'm like, I don't think Rapino has missed in her career. <laughs> and everyone was furious with me. <laughs> furious. And I'm just like, you guys, whatever we say doesn't have any, she might not make this, but it's not because of what we're saying in this living room. 
But that that was not enough to have them not continue to be even more furious with me after Rapino missed her penalty. Well, why? Why were they more furious with you? Because you were like, Sophia Smith's a stone cold killer. She's going (laughs) to, she's going to bury her. They were furious when I said it the first time before she took the penalty because they were like, you've jinxed it. And then I was like, you can't jinx people, you guys. That's not a real thing. And then when they, when, when she actually missed, then they were even more convinced, of course, that it's because of the jinx. I see. Yeah. Well, then uh, Rebecca Blomquist comes, comes up for Sweden. So we're still up 3-2. You know, we're thinking, well, probably Blomquist is going to equalize, make it 3-3. And we get a wonderful save from Alyssa Nair down to her left. Uh, it's a, not a terrible penalty. And she palms it away. So we're still up, we're up, we're up 3-2. And all we need is for Sophia Smith to bury a penalty. And we're going on to the quarterfinals. And she misses. She misses wide. Uh, maybe it may have been a little high too, but it was mostly wide. Yeah. I and mean, man, do I feel bad for her. I know. I've... Brutal. Just a brutal moment for a kid. Uh, like, again, felt like it was just going to be a formality. I know they never are. It's, you know, whatever, whatever the percentages are. But, uh, yeah, there's no, nothing else really to say about it. Just feel I mean, mostly I feel bad for myself. But no, I'm just kidding. I really do feel bad for her. Um, she was crying after the game, obviously. I mean, you guys all saw it. And then uh, Hannah Benison, the youngster for Sweden, she comes on. And she, how did she score? Good and hard down to the left. I think it was a good penalty. And then uh, Alyssa Nair comes on and buries her penalty. Pretty medium height down the middle, just, just to the right. Uh, she just smashed it. And, and, you know, the only good thing to come out of Sophia Smith missing is that we got an Alyssa Nair penalty. Because that's awesome. Like, it, yeah. it, it, it's not like totally uh, unusual, but it's pretty unusual yeah. for the keeper to take one that early. Yeah, so that was the sixth one. And then Magdalena Erickson, she, uh, she matched Nair. And then Kelly O'Hara comes up to the spot and she pings it off the outside of the post. She misses. Lena Hertig comes up for Sweden. And I thought she missed at first. She, so Nair saves it down to her right. It kind of pops up, and then she claws it away from the goal line. We didn't have the angle to know if it was in. It didn't look in from the angle that, that I th- like the broadcast initially showed. And then, and then we, ne- we didn't get a replay until, I mean, like a minute into Sweden's celebration and dogpile. But like, um, the ref, you know, the ref did the like incomplete pass sign with her hands, which I don't know how, how does that equal a goal? Um, and then all the Swedish players run over and dogpile and, you know, all the American players sort of sink to the grass. And then we finally, finally see the replay, you know, about a minute later. And it's, it shows, you know, the ball is just a millimeter over the, over the line, something like that. I'm not not great. Not even the replay that uh, that AI generated uh, shot tracker. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, this is such this is going to be such an iconic moment for the U.S. soccer uh, historically because yeah, it's just madness, right? Amazing uh, effort from Alyssa Nair right after she buries a penalty. Amazing effort here to claw it out because she's you know she's wrong sided as it hits her hands. The shot's almost like behind her, so 
She has to like spin on the ground to get there to claw it away from the line. Good, good presence of mind to even know that you have to do that. Um, and then the weight as they check their earpieces for the referees. And then like you see her tig like sort of in the ear of the referee. And then you, I don't know. I don't know how you guys were watching, but uh, like I was pretty sure it was a goal because you could see the referee say, no, it's I thought she was saying, no, it's a goal. Like her tig was trying to plead her case. And the referee was like, you don't have to plead your case anymore. It's a goal. And oh, then she blows her whistle and does the, the incomplete pass, which is the game is over. Oh, uh, nice. Game's over. You know, there's, there's nothing left to do because it's a goal. And it's just heartbreaking. And then there's the now famous uh, video clip of Alyssa Nair in total disbelief, holding her hands up in the air, and Sweden's woman of the match taking her glove off and then shaking the, <laughs> the confused hand of Alyssa Nair before running off to celebrate. Like, so many... Like, again, incredible moments uh, visually that I wish did not happen to our team. Yeah. But it's, again, just an, un, an, it's an unforgettable experience. Uh, so as sports experiences go, this one's going to be up there. Yeah. I saw, you know, I saw, a bunch of, I saw a bunch of family later in the day on Sunday, and, boy, they were much more interested in this than they were in the, in the Qatar World Cup, it seemed like. And a lot of bummed, a lot of bummed cousins. And, uh, yeah. So, so let me, uh, let me try to get back at this sort of the big question again. I, I thought maybe we'd talk about Henry Bushnell's piece about development, but we're not going to do that today. We'll do it another time. Um, but I do think, I do want to ask you this. If the beautiful thing about Japan is that their coach gets the most that can possibly gotten out of that team, what would that look like for the women's national team say you know a year from now if we get like the best possible coach gets the most out of this team would it be any different from what we saw on on sunday morning i think it would be vastly different from what we saw on sunday morning um because i don't think there's i don't think in the time we've been watching the u.s there was ever anything that looked like intentionality of like oh this is we're making a concerted effort to do this it just felt like everything we were just winging everything at all times like if it was if it was a concerted effort to get to a certain area of the field uh it would it would look like that more even when we'd go wide and do all of our crossing that we lamented uh for two straight years we didn't do it in the world cup as much because we didn't even send numbers up to sort of get into those situations but it didn't look like it was an intentional thing it was always just like an aimless pass about until eventually someone was just like well i don't really have anything else to do with it and i mean i could i could kick this ball into the box so i'm going to uh, right. I think that I think I'm not even going to try to say what the right way for us to play would be, uh, but I think it's totally possible for there to be some intentional plan that is easily recognizable while the team is on the field, uh, and that our players are capable of executing. I mean, in Japan's okay. case, we've we've already seen two different ones, right? We've seen to- yeah. two totally different game plans, uh, both so far wildly successful. And again, I'll re- reiterate: in knockout soccer that's still not going to be enough necessarily. Like Japan in that Norway game was gorgeous to watch. They beat Norway 3-1. Gorgeous to watch them try to pick apart Norway's super organized low block. Uh, you know, trying to find little gaps and in, into it, seams into it, sometimes hitting crosses, uh, all different ways of attacking. And it still took like a Norway own goal for them to break through. Right. Like it's still going to take a little bit of luck to get through four knockout games, even if you are squeezing every bit of... Uh, advantage you can out of your player pool out of your game setup um so it's 
you know, there, there is no silver bullet, but man, like it didn't feel like we were squeezing all that, all that juice. So we were, we were leaving, uh, we were leaving possibilities on the table and we were desperately unlucky <laughs> over four games. So those two things combined leads, leads you to feeling like, uh, I don't know, just a lot of like, uh, it, it's an unsatisfying feeling. Yeah. I mean, we, my feeling was we just had so much more to give in this tournament, you know, so much more to show like Trinity and Sophia. Alyssa Thompson. So yeah, that's the other thing that I go back to, you know, a a lot's made of Lotco subs and like the refrain. And I've said it, I think too, is, you know, we have the deepest, best bench in the tournament. And the more I think about that, like the more I actually kind of disagree with myself there. uh, When I, when I'm saying that, I think I'm just sort of thinking of, uh, Lynn Williams and Alyssa Thompson, to be honest. Yeah. Like we have good players. We have players who are fine. Um, but you remember that sort of a must be nice phenomenon that sort of took over in like the, the heyday of the Spanish men's national team. And then like when the oil clubs really started to get big and suddenly like a new thing was, a somebody coming off of the bench that was like a $90 million player that oh, yeah. didn't really yeah, exist yeah. before. So you just, anytime one of those players would sub in, in the 80th minute, you'd get a slew of like social media posts that was like, must be nice. You could search for that. That's what it'd be. The only players I think of for the U.S. like that would be Lynn Williams or Alyssa Thompson, where 70 minutes into a game, you're bringing that player off the bench. Like, the defense has had their hands full all game with mm-hmm. Sophia Smith, and, and now it's like, oh, now we get Lynn Williams running at us. And there isn't really anyone else on the roster that, that I think of in those terms. Like, no one's like, oh, no, now we have to deal with Sophia Huerta. Like, there, no one else kind of would inspire that kind of fear or, or awe coming into a game at the 70th minute. Right. So, so I guess yeah. in that sense, I don't necessarily know that our, that our bench was quite sort of as loaded as we think of it. It's just a really, we have a really consistent uh, high floor of player in this particular yeah. tournament. Yeah, players like Ashley Sanchez, Sofia Huerta are good. They're right. just not like... Awesome. And part uh, of that's part of that's driven by injury, obviously, without without Mouse Watson, without Kat Macario. Uh that that plays into it. But every team's dealing with those injuries, right? We're seeing uh Holland lost Miedema in December. Uh England have lost their most important midfielder in the second game of the group and probably have a player suspended now the rest of the way. South Africa uh made net, the Netherlands goalie stand on her head for ninety minutes and lost two players in the first half to injury. Like injuries are just gonna happen. But but like, are we, again, kind of going back to your question, are we getting everything we can out of the players we do have? Uh, and I would, I would definitely say the answer for this U.S. team was no. Yeah. I mean, the, the prosecution, it seems like the prosecution of Vlaco is, is pretty easy when it all comes down to it. Because like, even if, even, if you, even if he were to agree that, even if one were to agree that Lynn Williams and Alyssa Thompson are what our high-quality bench consists of, the winger who got most of the minutes off the bench was Megan Rapino. So, yeah, I honestly think that's that's sort of like the that that's the guilty verdict right there. <laughs> like, yes, he was super unlucky, but you left you left uh, you left chances on the on the table uh, in those minutes that Rapino was getting instead of Lynn Williams, instead of Alyssa Thompson. And I know Alyssa Thompson's a speculative one, um, but you see the threat she can offer, uh, and it's like an immediate threat especially late in a game. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to still feel like that's a, that was, that was a, that was a self-imposed whoopsie. And this has been something, you know, Tara 
Tara, our Woso Wednesday colleague, has been, you know, kind of mad about for a long time. This, uh, you know, the the old guard and how unwilling the program seems to be to sort of move past them. But, so, uh, you know, just to stand up for the old guard here, Morgan, pretty solid. Well, we have no idea, again, shrewd of Lotko to never actually play the front three of Rodman, Sophia Williams in the entire tournament. That's the front three that went into the send-off game and just lit it up for 15 minutes after a pretty dull first 70. Uh, so yeah. we, he just never played them. That way we would never have the answer, and he could always sort of have plausible deniability. Um, but yeah, it's, it's hard to know how it would have gone. But Morgan acquitted herself well, and thankfully Alyssa Nair, who, who's the other uh, old guard that I had certain real doubts about, I mean, she showed up huge in a knockout game and scored a penalty and had the moment clawing it off the line. Like, yeah, I think it. Yeah, it's mostly just Rapino. <laughs> so Rapino will just have to fall back on her two World Cup trophies and her Olympic gold medal and her cultural icon. Her, her status. feud with a sitting U.S. president on her way to winning a World Cup trophy. Yeah, and her her assist on one of the most famous U.S. goals of all time. But this, you know, this, this you know, piece, time, this piece time, with it too. time waits for no woman, you know? Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll get into, we'll get into some more postmorteming on Wednesday and we'll so Wednesday, uh, tomorrow for patrons, we're going to do the Monday review, um, so catch up on the, the U S MNT player pool news from the past week. I think that's it, right, Greg? Yeah, the World Cup party rolls on. Like, uh, there's still plenty. There's still plenty of party left. It's just one of our one of our favorite party goers has has had to leave early. Yeah, I know you'll be you know you'll be watching closely. And uh, Joey Joey O Young Joey from the Discord is going to keep doing Woso Daily, I believe. And uh, so look for that. And thanks everybody for listening. We'll see you.